thank you for joining us today for the Conform to Christ podcast, where we aim to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays, and here with me is Jay Jones. Good morning. How are you? Good. We had a little laugh just a second ago, didn't we? Yeah. Accidentally. You should have kept it. Accidentally hit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What Doing it again. Go- what is going on? <laughs> I accidentally hit. What's wrong with you, people? That instead of the intro music. So that was really. No, you hit the intro music and that. Yeah, yeah. And so. I finger smashed it. I think you should have kept it. <laughs> How long have we been doing this? <laughs> hey, but it's pretty, it's pretty surprising to me that we don't mess up that often. Yeah. Like, we don't edit this. Right. Usually, it's just straight through. We were uh, we were editing stuff quite a bit when we first started yeah, a we year no, ago. We had no clue how to do any of this. Yeah. We didn't know what was going on. We're old pros now. Yep. I guess. <laughs> the blip will do that to a person. <laughs> right. Yep. Well, it's uh, Text Driven Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It's Monday for us. Yep. Walked outside this morning, the wind was blowing, and I felt the allergies hit. The wind was blowing yeah. like 35 miles an hour. Yeah. I, I haven't uh, I haven't felt really any allergies in the last couple of weeks. I know that it's been really high, but I've been fine. But this morning, I walked outside, and that wind just blew it right in my face, apparently. Gets everyone eventually. And it got me. Yeah, I feel, I feel mm. it right now. Well, we were able to have church on Sunday uh, without uh, without armed police without showing armed up. police showing up or having to tear down a fence. Mm-hmm. Right? Crazy man, just crazy to me that it's two, that's still going on. Two hundred police, two hundred police show up, showed yeah. up to make sure that this one church didn't meet. Didn't yeah. meet. Well, what's what's interesting is they didn't even meet. They met in secret. Yeah, but other Christians showed up. Right there. Yeah, and there were two hundred. Armed police, I think, there to stop them from even worshiping outside. Yeah, yeah, from because there were there was a lot of people assembled. So, but they they so the they church the church still met somewhere else. So there's an underground church in Canada now. Yep. There Did is. you ever think that you'd live to see the day? No, that there would be an underground church no, in no, the West. No, just bizarre. And yeah, there's a there's an underground church in Canada. But yeah, I, I read I read something that said that there was a, a peaceful protest. Yeah. But then there was a group of people that tried to tear down the fence. <laughs> okay. And yeah. uh, the... You mean the citizens were mad that the government <laughs> right. stole someone's property from them? I guess so. But, yeah. uh, but the, the, um, the, other, the other believers helped put the fence back up because they didn't want it to turn into like a riot. Right. Um, because I, I heard that police showed up with, like SWAT showed yeah, up with gas mask. What mm. insanity. What insanity mm. is this, that they would waste so much manpower? Is there no crime in Alberta, Canada? They can just, they can just, wait. They can just waste 200 police officers to stand guard around a church to make sure a church doesn't meet? Yeah. It's all about power. And, mm-hmm. and I, uh, they, there was an interview done with uh, James Coates, <clears throat> and I like this part of what he said. He says, our church is a black eye on the government, mm. meaning that, they're, they've been meeting for 37 weeks without any COVID right. in their church at all, yeah. showing that their mandated lockdowns and all of the COVID procedures were absolutely unnecessary and tyrannical. Yeah, And they're like, they're embar- he said they're embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And so what do they have to do? Well, they have to shut us down. Yeah. And so they, it looks like a prison around the church. Like there's double fencing all yeah. the way around it. Yeah. Yeah, they turned it into they, they just stole some they stole their property, put mm-hmm. a fence around it. And that what is that's what's crazy about it, right? He said, I went to Costco earlier and it's jam-packed. It's packed full of people. Mm. Packed. And then he said, Then I went to an outlet mall, packed full of people. But we can't we can't meet to have church. We can't meet to have church. Yep. Mm. Yeah, that's wild. It Absolutely is. wild. Yeah. Mm. I um you know what? Julia and I were talking about them having underground church, wondering should they have should they have met outside the church building in protest. I, I think it's good that they they met in secret, um, because I think it shows. Because a lot of the criticism is the the church is just being belligerent. 
mm-hmm. to, towards the government. Like they're deliberately trying to thumb their nose at, at the government. So I think the meeting in secret shows that they're just trying to live peaceful lives. They're not trying to, they're not trying to make some kind of political statement. Mm-hmm. They just want to have church. They, they just want to meet and worship. Mm-hmm. That's all they want. Yeah. And, uh, the government just can't allow it. Right. Mm. Yeah. And they probably, Strange and times. they wouldn't allow what they did meeting in secret <clears throat> either. Oh yeah. That's why they had to keep it secret. Yeah. So yeah. Mm. Crazy man. Mm. <clears throat> well, um, let's talk about, let's talk about the sermon that we had on mm-hmm. Sunday because you finished up John 17. Yeah. Um, so we've been going through this high priestly prayer of Jesus. He's, uh, he's prayed for his own glory. Um, yep. He's, he's prayed for his people that they might be kept. Mm-hmm. Um, he has, um, prayed that they might go into the world and, and, uh, not that they'd be taken out of the world, but that they'd be kept from the evil one, mm-hmm. uh, that they might be sanctified. Mm-hmm. And, uh, now he, finishes this prayer uh, for his people. And uh, so we looked at verses 20 through 26. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to set up before you, you read, the, read the passage? I what mean, did we... you think about uh, doing it in five instead of 28 or 30? <laughs> <laughs> um, I can see how some of these guys would do it in that well maybe not that many um i see how they I, it it branches off into different doctrines yeah it does that you certainly could have yeah. spent time on those doctrines yeah the, the doctrine of um eternal security the doctrine of sanctification um even the doctrine of christ's glory yeah uh, the eternality of christ yeah, yeah. um the there's trinity i mean there's a lot of stuff that you could have branched off into um you uh you packed a lot in there yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> especially especially this, especially this last one. I was looking at my watch, and it was almost it was almost twelve, and you were still on your first point. Yep. So um, I liked how you did it. it. It helps to really see clearly the uh, the request, mm-hmm. and I know that's what you were trying to do. Is is what is Jesus praying for? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I think that was helpful. Um, uh, you certainly yeah. could have done more. Yeah, especially. But we, I, I mean, we always can do more yeah um but i i liked how you made sure that that we clearly saw what what jesus was praying for what these requests were yeah yeah that was the goal so so you accomplished it at least for me yeah um you i i see it more clearly good um because it it was helpful because you read through it and there are several points where it looks like jesus is praying the same thing Mm -hmm. um but the way that you you brought out the 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 heart of these requests mm-hmm. helps to see exactly what's going on here. Mm. So uh, it was helpful for me. It was clarifying for me. Hopefully, it was for uh, for the church. I'm sure it was. Um, so yeah, good you, stuff. You, you you certainly could have done more. Yeah, I I you know branching off. You know, it would be helpful. It's to, a trade off. It'd be helpful to hear more about sanctification, more about the Trinity, um, more about eternal security. I mean, those are, those are helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the process, you probably lose the, the heart of the prayer. Yeah. Um, so it would, you, you'd have to start doing topical stuff. Yeah. Which there's a place for that. But uh, I think just going through it, that's, that's good. Yeah. 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 And the, these topics, they, they, they come up. I mean, this isn't the only place that you hear about sanctification mm-hmm. or the Trinity or, or Jesus's glory or eternal security. They, they, yeah. they pop up in other places, and so I think as we as we we continue going yeah. through John through through Second Peter, um, we'll we'll see these things keep coming up. Yeah, and so our church isn't going to be lacking mm-hmm. in in those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a. Uh, uh, I think uh, a modeling of what expository preaching looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah, that's what people are able to to see uh, and keep it within the context of the letter. Also, that's why I kind of worried about if it gets too long, too big. Yeah, 
um, then you kind of miss that. How does it even fit in with John? Right. The, go- the gospel of John. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah. All right. Well, let's have you read the uh, the section that uh, you preached on. Okay. And then um, we'll walk through. All right. I think we'll probably spend most of the time on your first point. Probably. Which <laughs> that's that's what you did yeah, yeah. <laughs> in your sermon uh-huh. um so we'll, we'll probably spend most of our time on the first point and okay. I, I want to ask you a few questions about it so. okay all right here we go verse 20 17 20 i do not ask for these only but for those who will believe in me through their word that they may all be one just as you father are in me and i in you that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me the glory that you have given me i have given to them that they all that they may be one even as we are one i and them and you and me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me father i desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where i am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world o righteous father even though the world does not know you i know you and these know that you have sent me i made known to them your name and i will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. All right. Well, as you pointed out in your intro, love comes up several times in this uh, yeah. in this passage. Uh-huh. And uh, so Jesus is praying. What, how would you how would you summarize your sermon? Like I, I'm just coming up to you. I'm saying, Jay, uh, just just give me a summary. What what is like in one or two sentences? How would you summarize this? Um, Jesus prays for the disciples' unity so that the world may believe and know God, and Jesus prays for their <clears throat> final uh, completion of their of their spiritual journey okay. that begins when they become a Christian. <clears throat> so okay. he he prays for them to be brought to the end. Okay. To be to to be where he is. <clears throat> Sorry. And also, I would say that um, I think he's hoping that the revelation that uh, he is that he brings to the world, which is a demonstration of the love of God, will be seen in the church in the world. Okay. And that people will see that, and it will have a, a drawing effect. Okay. To them. Okay. Yeah, it's um we see that several times that that people will know mm-hmm. so that they'll see. Um and so we've got this uh this request here that's um I I love verse twenty. I think it's a, a really encouraging and comforting verse. Um because we can we can look at this verse and we can say, Jesus actually prayed for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's that was one of the hopes I said it in the beginning. You know, hopefully, if you got one thing, it was if 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 someone ever asked you, did Jesus ever pray for you? Like specifically, like yeah. George, did you did Jesus ever pray for you? You could say yes. I'll show you in John seventeen where he did. Right. So that's that's hopefully mm-hmm. if they take one thing away and they'll remember something for years to come, it would be that. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Um, so we've got uh, we've got three points in the sermon um, and we'll we'll spend most of the time on the first point um, so Jesus prays for our unification mm-hmm. Jesus prays for our glorification yep and then Jesus prays a summarization that's right <laughs> you're uh, you're pulling a little Steve Lawson <laughs> on us <laughs> yeah. trying to make I everything I couldn't resist that one yeah. <laughs> All right, all right. So let's uh, let's let's look at verses twenty through twenty three. Jesus okay. prays for our unification. Yeah. So Jesus prays, and he says, not not for these only, mm-hmm. not for the disciples only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. Yeah. All right. So. Um, already hit on it he's he's praying for us mm-hmm. we've we've believed on uh we've believed on jesus because of the word of the apostles yeah yeah uh so he's praying that we might be one 
Jay, don't you know that there are something like 30,000 Protestant denominations? <laughs> How can you possibly say that this has been accomplished? Yeah. Isn't that, that's what the, the that's Catholic, what that's what the Catholic Church yeah. says, right? I'd say first off, there's not 30,000. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I don't know where they even get that number. I have no idea. It's, it's they're, they consistently say that. It's pretty outrageous. The Pope probably said it ex- Ex cathedra. I don't know where some, they get it, man. <laughs> at some point, yeah. Church tradition has. Uh, I would be interested to know to research this to find out how many there actually are. Yeah. That hold to the apostolic gospel, mm. right? Because that's what's important. Yeah. Um, okay. No, so, so this is this is the this was this was the criticism of of uh, the. The Roman Catholic Church towards the Protestant Reformation. Yeah. Like if you if you put the Bible into the hands of the people and let them interpret it for themselves, then they're just going to go crazy, and there's there's going to be no unity at all because mm-hmm. everyone's going to have their own interpretation. Right. And so Rome looks at all the different denominations, uh huh, and they say, "Told you so." Yeah. Um, come back to the come back to the, <laughs> right right the apostolic. Come back to the traditions. Come back to the come back say. to the teachings of the uh, of the church, the, the church. one true church. Yeah. Right. So, what's it mean? What's it mean that uh, Jesus prays that they they will be one? Uh-huh. We're obviously not in a Presbyterian church uh-huh. or a Methodist church or uh, an Anglican church. So how can how can Jesus's followers be one? We we've already established all the way back at the beginning that Jesus, um, his prayers are always heard. Mm-hmm. His prayers are always answered. Except for this one? Mm-hmm. Like what, what's going on? So I can answer it by taking, going in, maybe reverse order of the order I presented these in the sermon. Okay. So I'll start with, uh, this unity is dependent upon our unity with Christ. How, how many How many pages do you have? How many pages of uh, notes do you there's have? There's like 14 or 15 just, in here, I think. And how many are just uh, point one? A lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I'm watching you flip through them. Where that? Okay. Dependent upon our unity with Christ. Let's start there. Okay. Okay. So number number one, I would say this unity is realized Okay. because um, anyone who is in Christ is one. Okay. Right. Uh, not only are we one with each other, but we're one with God. And that's what he prays for. Okay. Right? He said, you can see it, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. Mm-hmm. And so it takes us back to the vine metaphor. Okay. And that Jesus is the vine, is the vine, we're the branches. Mm-hmm. If anyone is in Christ, we have been brought into fellowship with the Godhead. Okay. And so the life, eternal life blood of Christ flows to his disciples, spiritual life. And in 15, those were love, joy, and peace. And not just in general, the love of Christ, the joy of Christ, the peace of Christ flowing into the disciples' life. And he also, when he taught on the Holy Spirit in chapter 14, Jesus said that if anyone loves him and keeps his word, he and the Father would come to him and make their home with him. Mm-hmm. So he promises an indwelling of the Trinity in the believer. Okay. Anyone who is in Christ <clears throat> is, I don't know if ontologically is the right word, can I use that word? Is actually one, so we are one with each other, mm-hmm. not because we like morph and you know, say, oh, you know, we really love each other. It's because we're one with Christ, and as each person is in Christ, they are one with each other. So I would say, first off, it's answered. The prayer is answered. Okay. So when we look at um, this this request that they might be one, <clears throat> it's not first and foremost something that we do. No. It's something that is done to us and for us right. in Christ. Yeah. So union with Christ, we are we are one because we're in Jesus. We're we're in the head. We are united. There is one. There is only one church. Yeah. Um, there are many local churches, right. which are function as expressions of of the church, and and they may disagree on other things, like different things, like baptism and mm-hmm. Lord's Supper and eschatology or church governance. But 
the church of Jesus Christ is uh, bigger than just your local church, right? It is all there are churches all over this world, and people that are actually Christians, we are one with them, closer than a blood relative. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, first off, we said that it, it it is answered. Okay, I like that. I, I you know because it's um, we have a tendency to be man centered mm-hmm. and to be. Our, our default is works. So we have to do this. Mm-hmm. Jesus prayed it, but we have to do it. Mm-hmm. And if we're not one, it's it's uh, because we, we haven't done something. But it's, it's, it's some, I, I think that we'll, we'll see it play out that we need to pursue this oneness. Right. Yeah. But, but at its very base, we are one right. because we are brought into union with Christ. So it's a very Christ-centered... <clears throat> focus. Yeah, what you can't do is come to this passage in this prayer and say, he's just talking about the church getting along today. <laughs> right. That's not, it's m- way bigger than that. I mm-hmm. mean, he starts using Trinity language. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this is much bigger than just, hey, let's let's everybody just get along. Right. But that's a component of it. I mean, um, yeah, because you, uh, you know, you, you go to go to work somewhere and you get along with your coworkers, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you're one with them. <laughs> right. Right. Um, the church is not a social club mm-hmm. where we're just called to get along with each other. We're actually called to be one with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, this is marriage relation, mm-hmm. relationship language, right? right. We're, we're not called to just get along with our spouse. We're supposed to be, we are one. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So, uh, that's good because the way that this is usually interpreted is we just need to not fight over anything. Right. <laughs> just get along with each other. Yeah. And it can be taken to the extreme yeah. of don't rock the boat. <clears throat> yes. And so, you know, you can know if you, so now if we go backwards to what he says about uh, in verse 20, when he initially asked uh, for us to be one, there are two groups here in this passage. Mm-hmm. There are these. I don't ask for these. Those are the 11. Uh, but for those, those are not the 11, okay. right? And what links these and those is um, everyone who will believe based upon the 11, mm-hmm. upon their word. Okay. And so that makes you know this is not just simple getting along, because <laughs> right. he's what he's praying for is a multi-generational union, Okay. Like that we would be one with the first disciples. Right. Yeah. How can we do that if right. we've never even met them? Right. Yeah. Just get along with them, Jay. Right. They're really easy to get along with. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So what 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 does this look like? Well, I think the key is found in the word. Uh the word is central even in this prayer that um, Jesus has given his word uh, to these 11. They have kept your word. The world has hated them mm-hmm. and will hate them because they bear this word and they take it into the world. And then there's the, the those, that's all future Christians who will believe because of their word. Okay. So the union, I think, is brought about by the teachings of the apostles as revealed in the Bible. Okay. So there is no union apart from staying close to the Bible mm. and their teachings. There can't be. Okay. And first uh, of first importance is their is their um, declaration of Christ and who he is and what he's come for and come to do. And so if wherever across the earth people are Believing the the words handed down to us, the words of Christ, there's unity around that, and there's always disunity when people depart from it. Okay, and so that's that's clear, right? There's <clears throat> multi generational unity. How can we be one with the apostles? Well, by believing their word. I think that's uh, clear. Clear what's what he's getting at here. Okay. All right, so let's delve a little bit deeper into this because um, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because 
denominations are, exist because we have different interpretations of the word, uh-huh. right? I mean, there's a reason we're not Presbyterian because we we disagree, and we both have our our not just proof text, but the way that we we read the the word. Yeah, um, and we come to disagreements on that. Mm-hmm. So how do we still how do we still have unity with and you know just front loading it? I believe that they're they're brothers, mm-hmm. and they would believe that we're brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we do believe that there is unity. Well, I think. But some, what does that look? What what exactly does that that mean? What does that look like when the unity is based on the apostles' word, and we have disagreements about different areas of that word? So, what I think one thing we need to keep in mind here is <clears throat> there are people who believe their church is the only church. Mm-hmm. I think that is sinful. I kind of thought it was before anyway. Yeah. But after going through this sermon uh, or this sermon and this text, there's no question in my mind that it is absolutely sinful to think that your denomination and your church is the only is the only true church of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um I th- I ba- think Baptists can be bad about that. Yeah. Maybe not I mean not all Baptists, but um there is the trail of blood. Right. And uh I, I didn't encounter that until I, I moved down to Southwest Oklahoma. Right. And apparently Southwest Oklahoma is a hotbed for um, Baptist successionism. Su- 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 yeah, yeah. Um, this idea that Baptists have been the only Christians from the apostles. You're right. So And they actually have this book called The Trail of Blood that traces these different groups right. down through church history and say they were all quote unquote Baptist. Right. And you have to be part of that church. And you have or to you're be not a, a part Christian. of that. Yeah. Or you're not you're baptized not a by one of those right. <laughs> right. pastors. Yeah. I'd never encountered that uh, until I moved down here. So there there are it groups is like that. Odd it is to me. Yeah, it's <laughs> it is. strange. Yeah, it is. It's very Catholic like. It is. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to be able to do uh, triage, right? That's uh-huh. what Al Mohler calls it, theological okay. triage. Yeah. So you have uh, matters of first importance, and these are the things that I think if you were to ever take the time and you could read all of the writings of you know, the major, all these denominations, mm-hmm. what you would find is there's profound unity. Mm. Contrary to what the world tells you, right. this is what C.S. Lewis, I was surprised to find this, and I can't even remember where I found it, but I'm glad I did. C.S. Lewis, when he was a skeptic, um, I think he was agnostic because he's too smart to say he was an atheist, <laughs> right? Um, he's agnostic, a skeptic. He he reads uh, a, a big swath of Christian writing from the early church fathers, like all the way up to his time, and he said he was struck by the profound unity. Mm. He expected to find the opposite. Yeah, he said I was struck by the profound unity that is in all of these different people's writings. Right. And that's really what's true. That is what's true about the denominations. We agree about who God is. Mm-hmm. We're united in that, the, the, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Spirit. And really, we're united about how someone comes uh, into fellowship with God, that we're saved by grace through faith. There may be disagreements even about election and predestination and uh, disagreements on baptism, Lord's Supper. Um those things have got to be placed in the category of secondary or even tertiary, like third order. You're going to have to, yeah, you're going to have to so, define that word. So we say matters of primary importance. Mm-hmm. You are not a Christian <clears throat> if you deny the Trinity. Okay. Right. If you deny salvation by faith alone, through grace alone, in Christ alone, you are not a Christian. Right. And the Christian Church is united around those things. They are. It's undeniable, and that's what C.S. Lewis was discovering. Now, the other issues, what will we say is a secondary issue? Well, that's what I was going to ask you next. How do we determine what our first issues? Do you have a criteria for determining what our first issues? Because I've I've been around um, people who say that election is a first order. You, you You can't say this is a 
non-essential doctrine. Okay, explain. So explain to me their their rationale, and I'll see if how I would answer. Um, well, so they're saying it, it's, 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 uh, they would say it's, they would say it's clear. Okay. It's clear in the scripture. Uh-huh. Um, you, you go to places like Ephesians one, Romans nine, uh, first Corinthians two, you'd go to these places and it's clear. Okay. And so they say that it's, it's clearly taught. Okay. Um, so who are you to say this is something that you can disagree on uh-huh. and say, this is a secondary issue. Okay. All right, uh, I would say well, number one, if if you do that, you're turning salvation by faith alone in Christ into salvation by theology. Okay, that'd be the clearest. Uh-huh. Uh, there was a time when uh, you did not believe that what you believe about election. Right? Were you not a Christian? <laughs> See that? So that right. is a clear and easy answer. Uh-huh. You can't turn you can't turn salvation by faith alone into salvation by the correct theology. Let me correct theology. Let, this may just be taking us into this quagmire <laughs> from which we cannot escape. Let me turn that on you mm-hmm. and ask you how do you how do you not make believing salvation by faith alone not <laughs> salvation by theological understanding does that make sense uh-huh like you're you're saying if you if you make if you make election primary uh-huh. then you're turning salvation by faith alone grace alone right apart from works you're you're making it all of a sudden salvation by the, theology uh-huh. how do you how do you not make these primary issues like salvation through faith alone by grace alone how do you how do you not make that the same issue that now it's it's salvation by right theological beliefs uh-huh um i would say because you can turn anything else into that mm-hmm. as well you could take any other matter of theology that <laughs> right. we think is clear and uh-huh. just add that up and now you just have a giant pile yeah. of things you must believe right until you become a christian yeah where it's simply a matter of hearing the gospel and believing in christ um, so anything that would get in the way of that mm-hmm. would be an addition. Okay. We can't add to it. Right. We're not saying it's not important. We're just saying it's secondary. Yeah. Because we do say that it, it is important to to believe and understand it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that is even helpful or even answered the question. <laughs> honestly, um, it's I, it's getting to what I, I want to bring out. Like, what is a primary issue? Yeah. And it touches on how someone is is saved. Right. Like we're not we're not saying that election isn't important, right? And that we would say it's clearly taught, yeah. But we're saying that you don't have to understand or even believe election right. in order to be a beneficiary of election. Uh huh. That's right. Right. Yeah. But if you if you don't believe that you're saved by grace alone through faith alone. Then you are denying the gospel. Denying the gospel because you're trying to bring something to Christ. Right. 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 So what touches on the gospel is what we would say. This is this is primary. Uh-huh. This is non-negotiable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just think of two uh, a couple of people who disagreed very much. So on this would be George Whitfield and the Wesleys. Mm-hmm. What you actually find, which strange is strange, strange, is that it was George F- Whitfield who was much kinder and showed more grace and compassion uh, to them yeah. than they did to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think George Whitfield is. He said about the Wesley, which which Wesley brother was it? John Jonathan the, Wesley. Yeah. He said uh, when asked, "Will Jonathan Wesley be in heaven?" Uh, will we see Jonathan Wesley in heaven? He said, "You got to, you got to stop calling him Jonathan." John Wesley. <laughs> Jonathan. That's the that's the uh, the unknown third brother. It is. <laughs> well, John John is just short for Jonathan now. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said, he said, uh, what did he say? He said something like. Uh, 
no, we won't see him in heaven because he'll be too close to the yeah. <laughs> he'll be too close to the throne of God for us to be able to see him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's. Right. I I imagine that um, having people throw dead cats at you. Yeah. Like, if someone disagrees with you on a, a theological <laughs> issue, you're you're gonna have a lot of grace. <laughs> at right. least it's not a dead cat. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Wild man, yeah. yeah. So what? So what would be some of these primary issues? So we've already talked about salvation through faith alone, by grace alone. Mm-hmm. W- what? What would be some primary issues that you would say these are non-negotiables? What? This is what unifies us um, around the the words of the apostles. What? What? All right. Could Could you just list some of those yeah, for sure. people? We could. We could even just build one out of the uh, this prayer. Okay. He prays for the unif- their unification, okay. Um, so that the world may see right this love, and believe that the Father sent him. Mm-hmm. So okay, now we have the doctrine of the Trinity, right? Je- what's of primary importance to Jesus uh, that people would believe that he is the sent one. Mm-hmm. You can't be a sent one if if you're only a mono unit or right. whatever. You're not a Trinity. Right. right, there has to be a sender. Right. So there's a father, that he's a sender, there's mm-hmm. a son, who's the right. one who is sent, mm-hmm. and, and Jesus also starts to elaborate on the Holy Spirit, who they, they will both send. Right. Uh, so right from this prayer, you have the Trinity. Now, if you just deny the Trinity and say there is no Trinity, that Jesus is the Father, he's just changing hats, well, mm-hmm. you've denied Jesus' teaching. Okay. That's a primary issue. Yeah. You're denying the heart of the gospel. Okay. That... Jesus was sent into the world to save sinners by a loving Father. Mm. And so there's number one. I mean, we just took that right out of this prayer. Yeah. We didn't even have, you know, we didn't even build it off the rest of the Bible, though it's everywhere else in the Bible, too. Okay. So there's that, uh, obviously. And I think if you deny the, I think if you deny that uh, people are saved by faith alone apart from works, you're, you're just denying straight out the, the apostles' teaching. Okay. Um, there's no strings attached to Jesus' invitations. Even in this gospel, um, Paul very clearly wrote a whole letter about this, and that's handed down to us. That's their words handed down to us. Galatians is written. And so if we ever deny salvation by faith alone or we add to the gospel in any way, he says you, he calls down a double curse on you. Okay. And we think, oh, we just added something small to the gospel. <laughs> right. Well, he, he's calling down a double curse on you for tampering with this. That's a primary importance right um so those would be two big ones mm-hmm. that i can think of just right off the bat yeah yeah uh so anything that and then we can kind of branch out from there and say any attacks on the mm-hmm. various members of the trinity okay um would be big issues mm-hmm. um the one today that i could think of would be that you're not a Christian unless you manifest in speaking in tongues. Mm. I'd say that's a primary issue. That's not a secondary one. Okay. Some people might want to put it in that category, but I'd say, no, 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 no. What you've done now is um, you've perverted the doctrine of the tr- of the Holy Spirit and his okay. ministry, and you've also changed salvation by faith alone into salvation by experience. Okay. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... It can manifest itself in different ways, but any any attacks on the members of the Trinity, any anything that would threaten salvation by faith alone. Okay. Uh, so so we would say we're we're not one with the Catholic Church, right? We're not. They deny explicitly salvation mm-hmm. by faith alone in Christ alone, apart from works, right? Um, and they actually call down a curse upon us. Yeah, yeah. Council of Trent. Uh, they they actually. Um anathematize anybody that holds to salvation through faith alone. Yeah. And it makes you wonder how how can they do that when they're actually, I mean, there's explicit teaching in the Word. This is why we say this unity is not linked to church tradition. It is linked to the writings of the apostles. Right. And the apostles clearly lay this out, that we are saved by faith alone, Mm. through grace alone. What about uh, about inerrancy? Where would you where would you place inerrancy? Okay, so that's so kind of what I did is there's two things we should fight for. Okay. okay, number one, we have to fight for anything that threatens the gospel. Okay, publicly, 
So, so thinking through, Jesus wants us unified. We shouldn't be fighting publicly about all these other things. Okay. That make that makes that brings reproach upon the gospel, and it doesn't fulfill what he's hoping the unity will produce in the world. We so shouldn't be fighting over baptism okay. uh, publicly. Like we can get behind closed doors and argue that stuff out if we want to, but mm-hmm. don't don't be airing that out on Facebook and Twitter or you know whatever else. So the Reform Pub. Facebook group should just shut down. It uh, probably isn't a good look. Yeah, I mean, if I don't know if unbelievers are able to get in there. Yeah, but okay. probably not a great look. Yeah, um, we have we can fight though, and should over matters pertaining to the gospel. And then I added the other, which I think is what you're getting at. Anything that would then undermine the word we received from the apostles, because he says, "I'm not praying for these only, mm-hmm. but for those who will believe through their word." But if that word is corrupted, uh, how can anyone believe the gospel anyway? So anything that would um, undermine the sufficiency and inerrancy of the scriptures, okay. I think, is a primary issue. Okay. All right. Um, I like what you said that when we, and I, I think you were quoting from someone, John Newton. I think that's yeah. I think that's uh, that's it. That we should assume when we're even when we're arguing with over first first tier issues, primary issues, we should assume a professing Christian is a Christian. Uh huh. Yeah. And we don't always do that. No. Right. No. Um, because when you get, I mean, we're we're passionate about these these things, mm-hmm. um, and those passions can often run rampant. Right. So we have to be really careful with uh-huh. our words. Yeah. Um, this is why I, I, I have no idea why people like to go on Twitter and try to have theological arguments. Yeah. It's a terrible place to, yeah. to argue. It really is. Yeah. Uh, it's, especially over these important things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just find Twitter to be <laughs> accessible. Yeah. Especially today with what's going on with the disagreements and the CRT and stuff like that. Yeah. You can't just throw bombs at each other and bring into question uh, whether someone is actually even a Christian or not, yeah. unless they are explicitly denying the gospel. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Uh, you may win a brother over if you are able to get together and dialogue and show respect Um and presume, like John John Newton has this great quote, I won't read it, but he's like, presume, right, they are a Christian. Consider that um, that Jesus loves this person like, they, like, like you are loved, mm. and he's been forgiven like you've been forgiven. Yeah. And then consider that in just a short time in heaven, this person will be more dear to you than your best friend upon the earth. Mm. And then with that consideration that you will spend eternity happy with this person, then make your argument. I really like that. Yeah. I think it's really easy for us to uh, make a, a leap, and I'm guilty of it too, making a leap from this person has um, a, a false a false uh, understanding of, of an important doctrine. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we jump to they must not be a Christian. Yeah. And I again I I think that it's that uh, that salvation by right theology rather than salvation through faith alone mm-hmm. by grace alone in Christ alone. Right. Because I God knows that I'm not I don't have all my right yeah. theology uh-huh. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's right. Yeah. Um. So we we need to be really careful. Yeah. Um, one of the you know one of the the people that I struggle with the most is someone like Beth Moore, mm-hmm. and we've talked about her. I mean, we we would disagree with her on not just women women preaching, but her views of spiritual gifts, and she claims to have visions and and things like that. And we would say, hold up, <laughs> there's there's something not right here. Mm-hmm. And so we would have we would have big time issues, right? Um, but just because we have these big time issues doesn't mean that we should um, anathematize her. 
Yeah. Like, I me- immediately say she's outside of, of the faith. Right. Or call her a witch. Did you see that guy call her a witch? I didn't. His church disciplined, disciplined him for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he refused to repent. I can't mm. remember his name. Okay. Yeah, he was put out of his church. Oh. I saw him on Twitter. Twitter is a poisonous place. I'm, tell- I'm saying it. It's not good for, <laughs> yeah. it's not good for your it's, soul. It's not. <laughs> That's why I, my Twitter is primarily baseball stuff. Yeah. Baseball coaches, baseball players. And so when I hop on there, I don't get this poisonous well of... right. Uh, bickering and arguing. I just get baseball highlights. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. So it, you know, if maybe that'd be good for your spirituality as well. Yeah. Base- hey, add you, a little baseball. Delete. If you were if you were to go on my Twitter <laughs> account, you would see a bunch of book giveaways that I just retweet <laughs> to get extra entries into yeah. <laughs> these contests. That's that's essentially all of my all of my tweets. Yeah, it's it's a very boring very boring page. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> So, All right. so once one thing to think about. Yeah. this was to think think about this. You know, the question isn't why are these all these do- different denominations, and there's not really that many, honestly. I mean, how many are there in this town? Not that many. Yeah. Um, the question is not that because we understand why there is. We disagree on baptism and things. But if we're united in Christ, right? If we are united in Christ, and and we are, if we're Christians, yeah, and we came. T- to this place through the word of the apostles. Why can't you visit any church, any church in town, and hear the apostolic gospel thunder out from the pulpit? Yeah. Why? That's the question to ask. Right. And I think the answer is is because many people have departed mm. from the uh, from the uh, apostles' gospel. Mm. That's the sad reality, I think. Right. Okay. Well, uh, we certainly could spend more time on this first point, um, but uh, seeing as we're forty-seven minutes, a, <laughs> hey, that's about that's about as much time as you spent on the first point. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I would encourage people to go back and and listen to the sermon um, to uh, to get more of what you you walk through in these verses. But I I don't want to to end the the program until we look at verse 24 mm-hmm. because verse 24 is one of my favorite verses in this chapter. Yeah. Um, Jesus says, father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And you, you said it, there's not a whole lot of people in this world that want to be, be with us. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. You know, um, That's the, his desire, his heart's desire. The, the list grows thin, right? <laughs> right. And yet you have Jesus here. He's, he's saying, I desire this. Yeah. Like, this is what Jesus wants. He wants his people to be with him. Yeah. And I think that this, um, this helps us because a, a lot of people, they feel... Like God is still distant from them. Yeah. Like it it's still um this cold this coldness. Uh-huh. You're right. And to really understand what Jesus is saying here would really be a comfort to people who are um I think struggling. I mean, we we struggle with sin. Um some people struggle with doubts. Um I mean, there there are people that their temperament is, um, they they fall easily into depression mm-hmm. and sadness, and um, in those times they can feel like God is is just way out here, mm-hmm. and we can have this this intellectual knowledge of of these right theologies, but uh-huh. we don't we don't have that experience, yeah, the the experiential religion. That we ought to have, yeah. And so, if we look at this and we we remember Jesus prayed two thousand years ago for us that we would be with Him, mm-hmm. that that this is His desire that we be with Him. I think that's a that can be a big encouragement for people, yeah. Um, when they go through difficult times, yeah, and that's that's for sure. That's what I was I wanted to try to hit on right at the beginning of this verse is to really grasp that because, like you said, it can change. It can really change everything about the way you view life. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many people feel re- just lonely and isolated and rejected yeah. just from their fellow human beings. Right. 
that many people don't think they're likable or lovable. Um, maybe they're not even included in work or school or whatever, and so then they can ac- they can like accidentally project this onto God and say, you know, well, of course God doesn't want to be with me. Like right. they, might, they might not even say that or articulate that, but then they start to adopt this idea of mm-hmm. Christianity is just about getting saved and going to heaven. And yeah, the, okay, there I'll be in heaven. God got me saved. Right. But the reality of it is, is not that. Like that's not Jesus's goal. Mm-hmm. This reveals Jesus's desire, his heart. Like yeah. what does he want? Right. What's the longing of Jesus' heart? Like somewhere. What's the longing of your heart, George? <laughs> right. That baseball would come back this year. It came back. Yeah. Right. What is what is the longing of your heart? Uh, Jesus says, "Is some I want them to be with me." Mm-hmm. That's my heart's desire. Yeah. yeah. This it, this helps us to understand that Jesus, he loves us. This isn't just some trite phrase. It's one of those things we hear so often that we, we sometimes don't really stop and think. Jesus loves us. Mm-hmm. He, his heart is for us. Yeah. Um, he, he came to seek us and to save us. Yes. Because he wants to be with us. Right, and this is what's important to realize: is even though the reality is true that we are in Him and He is in us, there is a um, future reality that He longs for beyond that. Mm-hmm. Right, right now we do have oneness with Him, right. but we don't. We don't have. Uh, we are not physically with Him. Right, that's what we need to remember about this. Mm-hmm. He's praying for His people to be physically present with him. And that yeah. should blow your mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, when I was the de- when I was deployed, it was not enough for me to think back to my wife and be like, well, we're actually one. Right. <laughs> because uh we're one and, and yeah. we're one with each other and we love each other and um no, there's the longing to be physically together yeah. again. Right. And there's nothing like coming back. To be in the there's, same room together. There's nothing like coming back and getting off the bus and coming, you know, into the gym over here and and all the crowds are, you know, are there. But then here comes your wife and your kids, yeah. and you all grab each other, and you're there. And that's what he's praying for, right. in my mind. Yeah, he's longing for that day. Yeah, it's like coming home, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's a physical reality. Right. Um, we covered the resurrection last last week, and that's the reality of it. And not just to physically be with him as he is, to see him as he truly is, mm. and. I don't think it's a, an overstatement to say he's praying that you would actually see the face of God. Yeah, and that should blow our minds. Mm-hmm. If we understand the the full story of how um, you know Moses wanted to see God's glory, mm-hmm. and I think this is I think this is the second person of the Trinity. I think he's I think he's talking to the Son. Yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's good and, and correct theology to understand when God appears in physical form mm-hmm. anywhere in the Bible, it's the second person, right? And and he's told no one can look on God's face and live, and so Moses has to be put in a rock, and he has to God has to put his hand over him so he can't look mm-hmm. until he passes by and he can see kind of the after effect of yeah. of him passing by. Um, and even that makes Moses's face glow. Yeah. And here Jesus is saying, "I want them to be where I am, so that they can see my glory. Uh-huh. So they can actually see His face. Yeah. Um. You, you see, every every time he he shows up in his brilliance, people fall over like they're dead. They fall down. Yeah. Um. And we're going to actually be able to see this glory. And the angels hide their faces from mm-hmm. him. They right. cover themselves up. They're, we, see, we see this vision of him in Isaiah, and Isaiah just pretty much sees his feet yeah. and the train of his robe. Mm-hmm. He can't see him. But he sees the angels. They can't look at him either. Yeah. And they're, they're, they haven't sinned. Mm-hmm. And so he's, but he's praying for us to see him unveiled, <laughs> right? Uh, as he truly is. Yeah. And the only way that this can happen is if we are made like him as he is, right? And that is that that should just stop us dead in our tracks. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is worship fuel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like nitro, um, because we're going to be 
conformed. We're going to be conformed into his image. We're, we're going to be made like Christ. And it's important to realize when, when we are made like Christ, what he's doing is he's restoring the image, the image of God, mm-hmm. which is the image of Christ. Right. We're greater than angels. We will do what angels cannot do. Yeah. Look upon God without hiding ourselves. Yeah. That should blow your mind. Yeah, that should, because we should be reminded of our sin mm-hmm. and the great price that was paid for us. Mm-hmm. And this is because God loves us. I mean, so he, he sends Jesus to die for us. Jesus is praying this, and he's going to accomplish this in the next several chapters as he goes to the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and his, his resurrection, his um, interceding for us, and then, of course, he's going to come for us. He's going to come back That's for right. us. Um, this speaks loudly to um, Jesus gets what he wants, right? Yeah. <laughs> like this is not this is not a longing that will not be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets what he wants, so he desires this. This speaks volumes to our security. Yeah. That that what he prayed earlier that they be kept. Yeah. It it will be it will be accomplished. We will be kept. Yes. Because right. Jesus will come, mm-hmm. and we'll be with him, and yep. this is not a, this is not a maybe. Uh, this right. is absolute. Uh-huh. So if if there's someone listening who is feeling that distance, or feeling that that sadness, or or loneliness, or you're going through difficult times that you don't think anyone understands, remember this this verse, this verse, and be encouraged that Jesus wants you to be where He is, so you can see His glory, and it will. It will happen. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, which is which is the greatest enjoyment we'll ever know, yeah. the greatest pleasure we'll ever know. Right. And and that's what's almost the insanity of man, mm-hmm. right, is that Jesus offers this to people freely, <clears throat> and we would take momentary pleasures of this world, mm. uh, and we would take we would take that in exchange for eternal eternal pleasure beyond anything of this world. Right. It like it's like uh I, I can't I who how can you explain it? You you ever you ever hear people when they take drugs and they're like trip out? Yeah. They talk about like this crazy trip they're on, they can't how much pleasure it was. Right. But they can't even fully grasp or understand. There's no understanding behind it, right? Yeah. In my mind this is like that times Five billion or infinity, but but with clarity, yeah, clarity and full understanding and mm-hmm. full communication, right, right. Like like when you pick up a child and your child smiles and looks into your eyes and you smile back, there's clear communication right. of relationship and it's pure joy, yeah. Times a billion, right, for eternity. Mm. A, ple- yeah. a pleasure that would make everything pale in comparison. It's insanity to not take it freely right. as it's offered to you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's given to us. Uh, that that kind of leads us to the 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 final point, yeah. Jesus's summarization. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you sent me. Mm-hmm. I've made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think here you see this. Uh, it's almost like a lament, I think, mm-hmm. because the reason Christ has been sent into the world is because God loves the world, mm-hmm. and He will redeem all of creation, and that's His goal. And this physical place, all of this this realm is filled with fallen people, and we don't have to deny that God loves them. Just yeah. because we affirm that God loves the elect in a special way, um, we can't say he doesn't love the world, because I think he does. Mm-hmm. He doesn't take any pleasure in the destruction of the wicked. <clears throat> and he loves he loves them. And so he sends his son as a great demonstration of that love. That's what John 3.16 is about. How does God love? He loves like this, that he would send his only son, whom he loves, that people might not perish, but they might have eternal life. So the cross is a great demonstration of love, as well as justice, for sure. But it's a great 
demonstration of the love of God that he has for sinners. And the only thing that can transform um, the love of the world, which we were all part of that, right? Before we were Christians, we were lovers of the world, not lovers of God. Well, what changed that? Yeah. It's finding a greater love that expels the old love. And that's, I think, what is in Jesus's prayer. The heart, the heart of it here at the end, as he summarizes it, is that his disciples would come to know this great love in them. But also, if you back up into the passage, um, so that the world may believe that you have sent me, and that you go into I and them and you and me, that they may come perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and loved them, this is verse 23, and loved them even as you loved me. So Jesus wants the world to see his sent people, right, as a demonstration of God's love, um, that these people, people are loved like God loves Christ. <laughs> it almost doesn't seem right to say it. Right, Yeah. There's a, he's loved uh, Jesus <clears throat> from eternity past, perfectly, yeah. totally, with everything that he is, mm -hmm. and Jesus says that's how he loves these people, yeah. the his people, the church, and he wants that to be on display, and that's why the unity is important, so that the world may observe that and see that that God loves people, mm -hmm. He loves them, and that that should be reason for the government in Alberta, Canada, to fear. Mm -hmm. and tremble because they're they're opposing the people who God loves mm -hmm. in the same way that he loves his son. Yeah. Um and so you you need to fear, you, you need to repent. Yeah. of yeah. this. Mhm. Mm yeah. And so he sends them out into the world. That's what has to always be kept in the context of this prayer. The prayer is preparing them. Yeah to go out into the world so that other people in the world uh, can behold uh, Christ through their teachings and and then come out of the world. Mm. Okay. Yep. What, uh, so verse, I know we're, we're running out of time, uh -huh. but I had a question uh, while you were preaching. I, I don't, I didn't hear you pick up on this. Mm -hmm. Just wanted to pick your brain real quick. Verse 26. Okay. I made known to them your name. Uh -huh. So he, he reveals who the Father is. Yes. And I will continue to make it known. Uh -huh. What what do you think that he's referring to there? I think we go back to chapter 14 okay. and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Yeah. That he will uh, continue to make it known. We go back to, the, uh, to that in that chapter. We see that he has many more things to say to you. I have many more things to say to you, okay. but you're not able to bear them now. Okay. But when the helper comes... Right? right, he will guide you into all truth. Mm. So there's, and, and the teachings of Jesus, in other words, Jesus' words. He these are actually his words, but they're communicated through the Spirit. Mm. And okay. I think that's that's what he's getting at here. I will continue to make it known, okay, uh, through the ministry of the Spirit. Okay, I didn't I didn't know if you... yeah I didn't I ran out of time so yeah, I right. <laughs> this was kind of when I was scrambling at the end right <laughs> <laughs> uh, it. You know this whole this whole prayer, it um, it reminds us that Christ loves us and he he wants us to know him. Mm -hmm. This isn't. Uh, I, I always prickle when I hear people say Christianity is it's not a religion; it's a relationship. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's a false dichotomy. It mm -hmm. is a religion. Mm -hmm. I mean, what what are you going to describe it as if it's not a religion? Uh, it's got all the you know the markings of a religion, um, but it is a relationship also. Mm -hmm. And it's not it's not an either or. It's a both and. Um, and this reminds us that that Christ wants us to have a relationship with Him. Mm -hmm. He wants us to know Him, to know the Father, and He wants to be with us. Right. And I think that that's a great encouragement and comfort for people. Yeah. Um, especially in these trying days. It's very unique, and that's one other thing that struck me by this prayer. Compared to the religion of the Pharisees, mm. who won't even say God's name. Right. right that, won't, the, won't even write it. Yeah, that God to them yeah. is, not, is not a father. Yeah. Right. He's so transcendent. That... But Jesus, Jesus reveals who God is. Mm. He's not that transcendent as they had made him. Right. He's a God who can be known and... Through Christ is known as a father, 
that's very different right than than what was being taught by the religious leaders and that's that's completely different from religions in our world today i mean this mm-hmm. this is not allah yeah allah can't be known in this way mm-hmm. because he's he's completely other and he there's distance there's always distance yeah um every every mono god every god that is is one without being trinity is going to be this way because how how can a god who's eternally been alone know what it's like to have a relationship at all like how, how can he even relate to his creation and that's the last verse right yeah the love with which you have loved me may be in them mm-hmm. and i in them yeah he's praying for people to be caught up into this right relationship mm. this love relationship yeah so uh uh, as you were, as we were talking about this, I was thinking about that uh, that crazy congressman back in January who prayed in the <laughs> yeah. in the name of Brahma, <laughs> yeah, crazy, <laughs> uh, acting like you know this is the the same God. Yeah, we all worship the same God. We worship a, an utterly unique God that wants to actually be known mm-hmm. and and enter into relationship with His people, and there's no other God like Him. Right, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's so that's a that's a call for uh, for you to believe, to uh, to trust in this Christ and to know Him. Well, uh, hopefully this has been uh, beneficial, um, encouraging. Thanks, Jay, for going through John seventeen. What's coming up next? We've got Second uh, um, Peter next week. Second Peter, yeah, you're right. gonna finish up. We'll right finish up Second Peter, weeks. yeah, yeah. So uh, looking forward to jumping back into that, and then we'll have some uh, we'll have some special guest coming up uh, in the next several months. So uh, thanks for joining. Uh, If this has been helpful, remember to to like, subscribe, share, uh, get the word out so that more people can uh, listen and, and hopefully they'll benefit from it also. And as always, it is our hope and prayer that you would become more and more conformed to Christ.